Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. When my two oldest kids were little, around six and seven, I would tuck them in the bed and they would ask me to talk to them. That's just their way of wanting to stall. And so I would get in there, I would tell them stories uh, about dogs and stuff, and I'd I'd get up and they're like, Daddy, I don't feel comfortable, I'm scared, talk to me. And, And I was a very impatient father. But God, our Father, wants to talk to us. And some of you may have come here this morning and you're scared, you're uncomfortable, you're dealing with a lot of things in your life. And I want to tell you, for sure, no matter what, whatever's going on, God is going to talk to you, no matter what. The issue is going to be, will you listen? That's where we're going today. So let's look at the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And I'm only going to ask you this morning to pay attention to one sentence. From verses 1 through 4 is one long sentence. Do you have the attention span for one sentence? And this one sentence is skillfully and artistically crafted to communicate one central theme. And that theme is the ultimacy of God's revelation in his superior son. And if that sounds like too much of a complicated sentence, just write down, Jesus is better. This verses one through four is written in a chiastic structure, which is just a literary way of balancing and organizing statements with content in a beautiful way to grab your attention to see the truth that is being communicated. If you have a hard time understanding chiastic structure, think of it as a sandwich. You have the bread, you have the bread. Imagine if you split up the lettuce, you have the lettuce, you have the lettuce. Two pieces of cheese, you have the cheese and the cheese, and in the middle you have the meat. That's kind of how the structure of these four verses are. You're going to see some balancing statements leading up to the main point of the meat in the middle. And I will point some of this out along the way. Don't get too confused. Remember, just pay attention. One sentence is all you have to deal with today. Verse 1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. God spoke to the people in the Old Testament called the fathers. These are the Israelites who were chosen to be God's people in the Old Testament. And he communicated to them at various points and in many times and in many ways. You can think about the prophet Isaiah. At times he would receive visions and communicate to God's people. Other times it'd be more of a direct address from God to prophets and then to the people like Moses on Mount Sinai. And sometimes God would communicate through the prophets by having them act out certain things symbolically like Hosea and his marriage to Gomer. 
And there are a variety of other ways that are mentioned in the Old Testament, but the point is that God has communicated to his people in the Old Testament at many times and in various ways. Now, when it says many portions, it's talking about the times. A little bit was given here through Abraham. A little here through Moses, and then, and then some through Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, and a variety of others. And this happened over a long course of time. And, and lots of revelation was given, but it was incomplete. The information in the Old Testament is not in error. It is not inferior. It is not false. It is just incomplete. And one way to put it is that all the information that is given in the Old Testament is preparatory or it was given as a way to make a way for God's final word. And that's what we have in verse 2. In these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. In these last days is in contrast with the past. A new time has dawned. And, and if, if you don't know it, I know you've been raised in a lot of different churches where it talks about the last days. But we are living in the last days when Jesus showed up on the scene. We are in these last days. A new time has dawned and God has communicated once again to his people. But there is this continuity with the past in that God is still speaking from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but the mode of communication is different because in the Old Testament, you have the prophets, and in the New Testament, God's final revelation is now complete through the Son. The ultimate and final communication for God to humankind is through the Son, Jesus Christ, communicated through his teachings through the parables, through his life, his death, resurrection, and ascension, God has given this ultimate revelation to us in the Son. And some may say, well, since Jesus has shown up on the scene, why do we even need the Old Testament at all? And the answer is, is that the New Testament builds on rather than does away with the Old Testament. You got that? So now we can read the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus because the Old Testament is pointing and is about Jesus. So do not get rid of your Old Testament, but understand God's final word is in his son. Okay, so you got the first part of this chiastic structure or this sandwich where you have God's son is with the prophets and he is superior to the prophets. So let's look at the balancing statement, bread, bread, in verse 4. Verse 4. Having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Not only is the son better than and superior to the prophets, but the son is better than and superior to the angels. And you may wonder, why are we talking about angels? We're going to do a lot of talk next week about angels. But the point for today in bringing up angels is that in the Old Testament, the angels at times were a part of God's revelation to the people, where an angel would show up on, a scene, on the scene and communicate. And we'll talk about next week a little about how angels were involved in giving the law at Sinai. But the point of Jesus Christ is not only is he better than the prophets, 
He's better than and superior to the angels. And why is he saying this? Well, the point of communicating this is that you have a church that is considered maybe going back to Judaism where maybe the persecution is not so hard. So they want to go back to the law or they want to go back to perhaps to even worshiping angels. And the author is saying, don't do it. Don't listen to those voices. Have you ever heard of the phrase, a lapsed Christian? Well, the, the early church would use the idea of a lapsed Christian on someone who would turn away from the faith during times of persecution. And the thrust of Hebrews is don't do it. Jesus is better. And I know even today we have lapsed Christians. Don't turn away. Jesus is better. Listen to him. Well, okay, let's go, keep going with our um, chiastic structure, and we're going to start asking the question, okay, pastor, okay, author of Hebrews, whoever you are, why is Jesus better? Why is Jesus superior to the prophets? Why is Jesus superior to the angels? And what makes him so special that God would announce his final revelation through him? And basically, why should we listen to Jesus? We're going to give you six statements, or he's going to give you six statements from the word of God on why Jesus is superior. Remember, stay focused, one sentence, all we're dealing with. Hebrews, back to verse 2, all right? Whom he appointed heir of all things. So God has set up Jesus as the son who will inherently, who will rightfully inherit all things. And this verse right here is probably an allusion to Psalm 2, where the royal son is asked to petition his father. Remember in Psalm 2, 8, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. The picture in Hebrews 1, 2 is that Jesus is not only the rightful heir of the nations, but he's the rightful heir of all things. That means Jesus inherits and owns everything, including you and including me. All of that is his rightful inheritance. And you think about how an inheritance is given. You think about the father giving an inheritance to the son after the father dies, right? That's the way it works. But in this story, in God's story, the inheritance is given to the son, not because the father died, but because the son died. The son died and rose again and is exalted. And the father has bestowed on him the inheritance of all things. So why is Jesus superior to the prophets, and why is he superior to the angels? Well, he's the heir of all things. It's all his, all right? The balancing structure statement, verse three. Let's see if we can see it somewhere there in the middle, okay? It says, when he had sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So we're still in the the heavenly realms. Here's the balancing statement. We have the heavenly realm. Jesus is the heir. And here he's called the exalted king. We're still talking about the heavenly realm. So after making these purification for sins, he, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Very, very powerful descriptive phrase of God, the father in glory and in power. And the exalted son is at the right hand of the powerful father in heaven. Now this is probably an allusion to Psalm 110.1, where the father says to the son in Psalm 110, 
the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And the position at the right hand of the Father is a position of power and authority. And the Son was exalted to the right hand of the Father after his death, resurrection, and ascension. And so now the Son is the reigning king with all honor and power at the right hand of the Father. Now put these two together and you say, okay, he's the exalted heir and he's the exalted king. So why should you listen to him? Why is he better than the prophets? Why is he better than the angels? Well, he's the exalted heir and the exalted king. And you know what this means? Since he owns everything and since he has authority, he can come through on his promises to you. A pastor once said that since he's the heir of all things, he can pull off his promises. Let me give you some examples. Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. How do we know that God can make good on that promise to us who trust in him to inherit the earth? Well, he owns it, and he has the authority to distribute it so we can trust him that he will come through on that promise. Well, let's do another one. Romans 8, 39, some of your favorite verses. I know this is Millie Lewis's favorite verse. <clears throat> Romans 8, 39 says, nothing in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. How can you be so sure? Are you sure? Oh yeah, he owns it all and he has the authority to control it all. So he's gonna come through on that promise that there's nothing that's gonna separate you from his love. Let's just do one more for fun. Revelation 21.1. There shall no longer be death or mourning or crying or pain anymore. And we go, okay, that day's coming. How do you know it's coming? Because the one who said it can make good on that promise because he owns life and death and he has this rule that is unhindered over anything that causes pain and crying, he will pull it off for you. So listen to this son because he's the heir of all things and he's the king. All right, back to verse two. Let's do this. Back to verse two. And through whom also he made the world. Now, this may blow your mind. Jesus Christ was the one through whom the Father created everything. Jesus Christ is the unique one who was used to create the world. You go, really? Jesus made all this? The Son made all this? Well, John 1, 1 through 3 says this, in the beginning was the word, the son, Jesus, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So I don't want you to think, okay, okay Jesus all of a sudden shows up on the scene as a new character in the New Testament. Okay, maybe the name Jesus, right? But the son has eternal existence, never created. In fact, 
The son is the one who created the universe. So why should we listen to the son? Well, he is the, the, the final communicator of God's revelation because he's the one that started this and made all these things. And you go, okay, okay. Well, let's balance that off with something else that Jesus made. Chiastic structure, sandwich, verse 3. See if you can find in there. Oh, he made something else right in the middle. When he made purification of sins. Now, the same Greek word is used there in 2 and 3 on made. Made the universe, made purification for sins that Jesus died on the cross. Purify sinners, those who repent, trust in him, can have their sins forgiven. So here, Jesus is the final communicator of God's word, not only because he made all things, because he also made purification for sins. So here's the deal. Why should you listen to Jesus? He made you. And not only did he make you, he saved you. And not only did he save you, he knows you. And he wants to speak to you. But get this. There are a lot of other voices who would say the same thing to you. That they know you. And they know what's best for you. There are voices in the world every day that say, oh, I know you. I know what you need. And those voices in the world collaborate with the enemy, Satan. He's like, oh, I know you. I know what you need. And the voices of the world and the devil collaborate with your flesh, right? You heard the world, the flesh, and the devil? My son, who uh, just graduated from University of Colorado, he works at an accounting firm. And if you think, wow, what a sophisticated guy. And he is very sophisticated, but he's also a Christian rapper. No joke. And he wrote this song called Voices, Voices. Like Voices, Voices in my head. There's, you ever have that? Something's going on up here that's not quite right. That's trying to allure me to do things that are not right. So you have the world and you have the flesh and you have the devil and all these voices are trying to collaborate to bring you down. And yet Jesus says, I know you. I made you. I saved you. So I know what's best for you. And so part of our jobs each day is to push those other voices away and say, okay, Jesus, you speak to me. All right, these statements, are, they, they're so good. We're just talking about Jesus this morning. Look at verse 3, all right? And he is the radiance. This is what we've been waiting for, this center part here. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. This is the, the meat of the sandwich. My, as my professor, uh, Dr. Peter O'Brien, he, he's helped me understand this emphasis. Okay, so the first part of the meat in this verse here is God's or the son's relationship to God. And the second part is the son's relationship to the world. Are right, you got that? This meat is saying, all right, first let's talk about son's relationship to God and the son's relationship to the world. So first look at the son's relationship to God. It says here that he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. And they, both of these comments, they, they point to the same truth, that Jesus reveals the father because of who he is. Look at the first statement. The son is the radiance of God's glory. 
Jesus' nature, the son's nature, is described as radiance and in the same way as the nature of God is described as glory. And so just as brightness comes forth from the sun, so the sun, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory. We could say that Jesus displays God. Now, another way to say the same thing is that the sun is an exact representation of his nature. So Jesus' very nature, who he is, is the same as God. Jesus said this in John 14, 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You ever wonder, what does that verse mean? Well, it doesn't mean that Jesus is the Father because he is a separate person in the Trinity, but it does mean that Jesus is God. To see Jesus is to see God. There's this old illustration given that's the idea of a coin being stamped exactly to represent the original. Okay, I can understand that illustration. <clears throat> but I like something a little bit more modern, like a, a, a photocopier machine. I used to have a photocopier machine, and, and every time it made a copy, it was blurry. That's not the case here. No matter what's going on, the case is that he is not blurred because it says he's the exact representation of God's being. Jesus is the exact representation of God and manifests God perfectly and he reveals the Father because of who he is. So that's God's relation, that's the Son's relationship to the Father. But look at the Son's relationship to uh, the world. Once again, verse three. It says he upholds all things by the word of his power. What does that mean? Well, it means that Jesus sustains all things. Like, you are not disintegrating right now because Jesus is holding you together. The trees, it's all tied together. And not just that, but Jesus is upholding all things that he is in charge of the times and he is moving history forward and through all events. The son's power is holding all this together. And what this means for us, if you tell me that the son is God and he upholds all things by his power that tells me that he is the one in control. I don't know if anyone in here has ever felt out of control. That would describe this past summer for me. No control of what's going on. But I know one who made me, who holds me together, who moves history forward, who is in control. And so if you're here this morning and your life go, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Things are just blowing up in my life. It's piling up. I'm so out of control. Good news for you. The son is in control of your life. He's moving it in such a way that is going to bring God the glory and working for your good at the same time. You can listen to him. In fact, he is the one you should listen to. So let's just put this all together, okay? I hope you've been paying attention to this one simple sentence. Not simple at all. So let's, let's talk about the three things and just put them up for you, okay? So the son has the ability to fulfill his promises because why? He's the heir, he owns it all, and he's the king. Number two, the son knows us better than anyone else. Why? He created us 
and he saved us. And the third, the son reveals the father and displays his glory and absolute sovereign control of everything, including your life. All right. Are you listening to him? Do you realize that the voices you listen to can impact your life? And even in ways that you don't understand? I read something just yesterday. It was a study done and I thought, whoa, that's really good. So these scientists had two different groups set up, okay? Two different groups. And they said, yeah, we want to give you some words and you can arrange them in any way you want to make sentences. So they gave some words to this group, make some sentences out of these words. And to this group over there, they gave words, but they also gave them specific words that they did not give this group. And here are some of the words they gave this group. They gave them words like elderly, Florida, wrinkled, bald. So you have two different groups, normal words, and they get all these words associated with old age. And then they said, okay, now for the second part of the experiment, we need you to walk down the hall and go into another room. And guess what? The walking from one room to the other was the actual experiment. And as soon as they left the room and the groups walked to the other room, they timed them. And the group that had all these old people words walked slower every single time. And what this is called, it's called priming. It's the influencing of an action by an idea. And you would be shocked to know how many ideas are popped into your head by the world and the devil each day to prime you. You ever wonder why someone that you know in the church, you're like, whoa, what is wrong with them? Where do they get that from? They're being primed by the world. You don't even know it. I mean, you turn on the radio, you turn on the TV, go on the internet. There's, there's so many voices, voices everywhere trying to prime you to condition you to follow the ways of the world. And, and what we have to do is to say, stop, push all that back, and let's listen to the sun. And I know some of you, just to be honest, some of you are bored with your Bibles. You're just bored. But there's nothing boring about God wanting to speak to you every day. Have you exhausted everything there is in the Bible to speak to your soul? We just did one verse. Did that wear you out? One verse. That's telling us about Jesus. There's so much in the word that wants to speak to us. And we want you to come and hear. We want you to go to Sunday school and hear. We want you to be in small groups and hear. We want you to daily get in the work. We want you to listen to the son, to have his ideas, his thoughts influencing your heart and your actions. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't care how old you are. You have not exhausted the Bible. There is still more to take out of there. And it's for your soul. We can keep getting more and more and more out of the word. The son wants to speak to us. Come on, give us some more. 
Give us some more. Oh, you mean the one that knows you wants to speak to you? Yeah, the one that saved you wants to speak to you. The one that is holding you together right now wants to speak to you. Yeah, the one that is controlling your life and moving it forward wants to speak to you. Yeah, every single day he wants to speak to you. Are you listening? Are you being primed by the world? My brothers and sisters, we need to stick together and encourage one another. Keep listening to the sun so that we can keep following the sun until we meet the sun face to face. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.